welcome to the Keep Running podcast with me, Rachel Stringer. And me, Amana Rai. We are so pleased to have you along with us for the ride for the next 40 or so minutes. Each week, we'll bring you a guest we hope will inspire you, motivate you and make you fall in love or further fall in love with running. Because we all share one simple common goal on here. We all love to run. So whether you're new to running, have a running related question or just want to say hello, we want to hear from you. So drop us a DM or write us a comment in the review section of whatever podcast app you listen on. And whilst you're there, give us a subscribe too. That way you'll never miss one of our inspiring guests again. Today's guest is a real life superwoman. She's a running mummy of five children, a blogger and an influencer. This woman also manages her type 1 diabetes throughout her running adventures. And from starting her running career a mere four years ago, she already boasts two marathon majors, two other marathons, two ultras and countless other race medals to her name. She is also the partner of Marathon Runner, who had the world talking about him after the London Marathon in 2017, the Welsh Runner. This week's guest is, of course, Kelly Ruck, a.k.a. Kellogg's On The Run. Welcome, Kelly, to the Keep Running podcast. Hello. (laughs) So how are you managing your tribe during lockdown? um winging it (laughs) we're just taking it hour by hour it's um it's it's crazy at the moment we're all on top of each other in the house so it's yeah it's a little bit manic but you know just go with the flow how are you keeping like yourself mentally sane as well um i'm using the uh time outdoors allowance for myself (laughs) 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 I escape the madness I shut the door on it and I go (laughs) you've got an hour away from them Boris Johnson allows an hour and we're all taking it aren't we (laughs) oh yeah right so we like to kind of start with um five quick fire questions for all of our guests so um our first one is really easy why do you run for me um my mental health my physical health um and it make me a better person I guess and our second question is your greatest running achievement. Um, my first ultra, Race of the Tower. I love that. I read all about it on your blog. We'll get into that a little <laughs> bit later in more depth. Um, third question. Best piece of advice you've ever been given so far during your running career? Um, run your own race. Um, and I guess that applies to training and racing. So try and not think about what other people are doing or compare yourself. Just do your own thing. Definitely. I love that one. And who inspires you? Every day, people that I see on social platforms, so like Instagram. Um, so other people that are juggling family, work, life, um, and still getting out there and doing it, but without the great applause, they, they're people that inspire me. I think we agree with that as well. I always say that if I see something that Amana's done, it encourages me to go out on a run. I'm like, oh my goodness, I haven't ran yet. She has. I need to get outside, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and finally, question five, um, a quote which never fails to brighten up your day. Um, okay, so I love the quote, if you're not making mistakes, then you're not doing anything at all. Because I think every day you make so many mistakes, but, you know, it's it's, it's all part of the process. I definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Kelly, the first thing we want to ask you is we want to get to the bottom of your name on Instagram, which is Kellogg's on the run. Is it anything to do with the cereal? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it is as simple as it was uh, a nickname when I was growing up. So a few of my friends would call me Kellogg's, um, obviously from Kelly, and then I used that. But <laughs> since my Instagram account's blown up, everybody's like, oh, well, you must really like cereal. I don't. I like porridge. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was like, surely that's going to be her like marathon fuel or her ultra fuel. She's going to talk about her love for cocoa pops or something. And yeah. then she's just gone. No, it's just a nickname. Great. Well, we can. <laughs> it's just a nickname. <laughs> but it's stuck. <laughs> it has indeed. Um, and like, let's kind of, uh, I guess, speak about where it all started from, because you started running only four years ago. Um, but it seems to have really changed your life. Yeah, massively. Um, my life's completely different now. Even, you know, when I first started running, it, it just changed my life almost immediately um, as opposed to what it was before before that. And I guess, why did you start in the first place? Because running is really difficult, you know, and especially your first run, you go out. I even know if I've had, you know, four weeks off training if for injury or after a race and you go out and that first run is horrendous. So why mm. did you kind of start and how did you keep going um so I started when my youngest daughter she's about six years old um and I started with a couch to 5k um and I went for a few sessions to a local run club um just to get fit because I'd never physically looked after myself I'd you know I'd, I was a mum and that was kind of my job and that's what I did and all my time was devoted to the children and that and that was it um so I just started to get fit because I had set myself a challenge that year as well um, which needed me to be a bit fitter. Um, so, yeah, just phew, as simple as that, just to start getting fit and looking after myself. Um, I didn't really like it to begin with. <laughs> yeah, it's painful, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it just hurt. I thought, well, you know, what's the deal with this? But I think I, I also like that hurt. I like um, feeling like this is a struggle, but knowing that it will get better the more you do it. We're strange, aren't we, as runners? <laughs> we like that pain. But um, yeah. do, you, do you remember your first ever run? Yeah. Um, it was horrific. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it, I think it was like something like, oh, do you, you know, just run for 30 seconds. Or, I mean, obviously, I've done cross-country and stuff at school as part of PE, but I'd, quite often I'd try and skive that and hide in the PE changing rooms and kind of like a group of us would stay in the woods halfway around <laughs> just hide from the t PE teachers. But as an adult, um yeah it was 30 seconds and I thought you know everything hurts you know what's this in my legs that's pain 30 seconds this is horrific <laughs> and now you're a running influencer <laughs> yeah and uh, my, my dad still can't get over it <laughs> so, um, so for me as a runner I find for example after a marathon I might have a month off running and then when I get back to running I find it really difficult so obviously your first few runs were Probably not the most enjoyable, but what kept you going with running? What was it about running that you thought, actually, I'm going to keep going with this? It's definitely the feeling afterwards. So at the time, it felt hard and it was difficult, but the endorphins that you get afterwards, it was kind of like this high that, you know, you want to find that again. So you go and do it again. You know that you're going to feel amazing afterwards. Um, and I guess improvement as well. You know, you want, you want to see improvements and that keeps you going back. That's it, isn't it? I think running is one of those sports where if you put the hard work in, 
you can really see the improvements. And that's what I find. Like before Christmas, I think I was probably running like nine minute miles and slowly it's just down to you. But if you put those miles in, it's the one sport that you can kind of look at yourself and go, you know what? I did that all on my own. Like, do you kind of, I guess, get that kind of sense of achievement yourself too? Yeah. And it, it, like you said, it's, it's all down to you and it's what you put into it, what you get back from it. Um, and I love that. I love that you don't have to depend on anybody. You don't have to depend on equipment. It is a simple. I mean, I started running in a really battered old pair of trainers that weren't suitable for running and normal leggings, you know, so just like a baggy T-shirt. And that was it. You know, you can just go and do it. Yeah. You were just saying there that you don't like, I guess, you know, need much to depend on, but a lot of people depend on you. You have, well, you live with four four kids at the moment. Obviously you've got a partner. How yeah. on earth do you juggle all of that, your family life with your running career? Cause I'm going to call it that because it is that now. Yeah, I guess so. Um, it, it's just, it's a jug, it's a juggling act. So um, it, it's kind of making the most of any spare time that you get. Um, and we don't sit down and we don't sit down much at all, actually. <laughs> you know, we don't stop. Yeah, so it's pretty much from the moment we get up till the moment that we go to bed, it is just one thing after another. Um, and so for me, fitting it around the kids and everything else, it's kind of, I, I can't plan. I can't say at two o'clock I'm going for a run, four o'clock I'm going for a run. It's when the opportunity arises. So if that's that the kids are busy and they're playing on the PlayStation for half an hour, then I'm going to go, you know, if Matt's there to have the baby, <laughs> then that's great. And I, I, I'll go. Um, so it's, I'm like a little cat. Sprung. <laughs> <laughs> so how often, how often in a week would you say, or in a month would you say that you miss a run? Because I always run in the morning. And if I don't run in the morning, I just never run. And I don't have kids. So there's no real reason for me to miss a run, but I still do. So I'm looking at you thinking, God, if that was me, I'd feel like I'd miss every run. So how many do you yeah. actually miss? Um, not many. I think I had two days off in April, um, and that was just because it. I think one was last week, um, and it just caught up with me. I felt tired, and I was just listening to my body then more that I needed a rest day as opposed to I didn't have time to fit it in. Um, I do try and go a bit earlier because if it if it's later on in the day or when the kids are in bed, I struggle with motivation a bit more then. I'm um, just tired, you know. End of the day feels. Um, but yeah. And actually, we kind of were having a little read. Amana was saying that she saw that there was a ultra lady who did a 40K loop around her house when she was training um, for an ultra because she didn't want to miss out on anything with her kids. Mm-hmm. Have you got any ridiculous situations which you have found yourself in trying to train at home maybe with the kids like racing around you? Oh, yeah, all the time on the treadmill. <laughs> and a lot of the time... Because it, <laughs> it's so the casually there as well. <laughs> <laughs> so if I can't actually get out and the kids are around and I'm on the treadmill, it's, you know, I might have a book thrust upon me and I've got to read something or, you know, they're asking me about real deep life questions whilst I'm trying to get a breath on the treadmill. Or, you know, can, can you just jump off and get me a drink, please, you know? It can be, it can be crazy. I'm like, no, I don't know how to pause my watch. <laughs> Rach and I are laughing so much because I feel like my runs are so simple now. <laughs> I've got no excuse. <laughs> I love that. 
And I saw on Instagram, I think it was, I think it was on Saturday. I mean, this will probably make no sense to anyone who's listening because this is recorded completely out of sync with every day. But uh, you were on the treadmill. Matt, your partner, I think was on the bike. And your baby Harry, I believe, was in a Moses basket in front of you. And I was like, that is multitasking at its finest there. And he wasn't even crying. He was so content. Yeah. I mean, if anybody was listening, if anybody walked past, you know, our driveway, because we keep the garage door open so we get a bit of air in there, they would have thought we were absolutely bonkers because, you know, we're singing to Harry and we're talking to him and then we're talking to each other. And Matt likes to shout really random things when he's on the treadmill anyway. So you know, when he's got a baby in front of him. It's like an audience. It's, it's, it's bonkers, but it works. <laughs> So, um, all your obviously Harry is too young at the moment, but are you all your kids aware of like running and like how good Matt is and all your ultras and stuff? Do they have a, an awareness of running? Do they understand what you're doing? Yeah, the older two definitely. Um, you know, they understand all about our races and our training and why we do it. And they're actually quite good. My my eldest daughter, she's twelve, and she'll say to me, "Oh, go on, go out for a run. You need to do it this time." And what was your heart rate on that run? You know, she's quite interested. She's not interested in running. She doesn't want to run herself, but they are really interested. Um, and like my eldest son, he'll say, you know, he gets a bit confused because Matt's so good. He'll what he'll hear about Matt's races and he'll be like oh where did you come and Matt'll say quite a high position and he's like oh yeah no that's good you know well if he's come first he did in a half before lockdown and then he'll be like so mummy where did you come <laughs> we don't need to talk about that Arthur I finished <laughs> um so he doesn't really understand that there's uh different abilities of runners um but you know that they they understand it is our lives, so they understand all about the training, the racing, and, and everything else that comes with it. Have they ever done a park run? Have you ever taken them on a run? <laughs> I did. I tried with my eldest when she was a bit younger. She hated it. Um, <laughs> they're not runners, um, and I don't want to push it on them either. I think my youngest daughter, she's four, and she's she really loves the idea of running, but she can't run very far. So she she will go out and she thinks it's fun. Aww. The the other two are doing it. They're not interested. But I don't, you know, that's absolutely fine. They don't need to run. Um, and I wouldn't push it on them. Um, they enjoy going to spectate and they enjoy cheering a park run and they enjoy going out on bikes and things like that. Um, but they just, they, they don't want to run. How important do you think running is now in your lifestyle with it, you know, being such a, I guess I'm saying this maybe out of turn, but a hectic household that you you seem to live in. I don't know. It's, it's, it is crazy. It's, it's absolutely crazy, but I don't know any other way. And, you know, I'm one of these people that if, if it's not busy and it's and it's not crazy, so like the middle two quite often, they go, um, I share custody with their dad. So we've got joint custody. So we, you know, we share everything equal. So when they go, when it's a bit quieter in the house, I struggle, you know, I'm kind of like, oh, what can I do now to fill my time? Because they're the ones that really take up my time. Um, so I think I train harder on those days. <laughs> so for me, I always just say that running is just a part of my life. Like, I can't imagine my life without running now. And yeah, it's just how it is. And I guess for you, it's probably similar. The kids are just part of your life and running is part of your life. And it sounds like you just... I don't know how, but you just make it work. And I think that's really inspiring. It's really cool. So obviously your youngest, Harry, congratulations. Mm -hmm. He is four months now, maybe five? Four and a half, yeah. 
Amazing. Um, so during your pregnancy with Harry, did you stop running? Um, I did. I think it was about 30 weeks. When I was 30 weeks pregnant, I stopped running. Um, I was just huge and it was so uncomfortable. I didn't get any enjoyment out of it and I wasn't enjoying running. Um, so I thought, yeah, I'm just going to stop now. There's no point continuing. You know, I'll, I'll just switch to walking. And I was too big for the bike then, I think, as well. So <laughs> it's just walking a lot. Yeah, I guess everyone's a bit different, though. You know, what would you maybe say? I know, obviously, you're not, you know, a medical practitioner and think, but for other kind of pregnant mums that are listening right now, uh, what would you say to them about kind of running during pregnancy? I, I just think key is just to listen to your body. So um, even, you know, early days when I was smaller, there were days that I just I was too exhausted to run. You're growing another human being, you know, that everything's being directed there. So. <laughs> Um, but you just gotta listen to your body and go with the flow. So a lot of my runs were just easy runs, shuffles, you could call them what they what you like, but you know, I was still enjoying that getting out there and doing something. And some days I just was too exhausted to run, but I felt better for acknowledging that, you know, I have to listen to my body. I am growing another human being and not putting the pressure on that because I'm a runner, I've still got to run every day. So you had Harry in December, you obviously stopped running during that pregnancy, listened to your body. Um, but can you tell us about the process of getting back into running after having Harry and having a C-section as well? Um, so we've been, Matt's been helping me, so we've been really gradual with it, um, really cautious. So I did start running at six weeks postpartum, which was um, quite soon for a C-section. And it was um, uh, my fourth cesarean as well, so... It, it, I thought it would be quite, you know, I'd, I'd take longer to recover. As it was, it was my best C-section because if you said to me to run after a C-section previously, I would never have been able to do it. Um, but, yeah, it was just really gradual, almost like couch to 5K again. So it was starting out from run-walk program. Um, and we've been so cautious because I've I've been very injury-prone in the past as well. We've just wanted to kind of get back safely um and gradually which we've done now I think and I guess like there was a question that I wanted to ask um obviously post having Harry it's four and a half months now do you feel your body is maybe kind of even fitter or could potentially be even fitter than it was before having him because there's kind of so much research like I guess back in the day people used to say once you have a baby there's no way you can achieve anything in athletic ability anymore it was kind of like end of your career but now there's so many amazing females that have gone on to be even more successful in their endurance careers like kind of you talk about Paula Radcliffe going on to win the marathon you talk about uh Liz McColgan Joe Pavey all these kind of endurance athletes go on to do even better than they did before having a baby do you feel like that your body's maybe fitter or could be for whatever you have planned for later on in the year I, I definitely think it could be fitter. Um, aerobically, I feel really good at the moment, and I'm kind of at the same place I was when I fell pregnant. Um, the only thing that's kind of hindering me at the moment is um, I'm still uh, carrying a lot of the baby weight. My whole body's changed. I mean, you know, it does through pregnancy. So um, I'm a lot heavier than I was before I fell pregnant, but I'm running at the same level. So that kind of gives me hope that actually by the time that I want to go for a marathon again and I've kind of looked after myself a bit more physically and, and lost a little bit of weight that I want to lose then I will be in a much better position than I was before the pregnancy so I do think uh, yeah aerobically there's been a, a lot of benefit I think. I guess do you have any kind of 
you know, NTC groups or mummy groups where you get other mums going, oh gosh, you're doing amazingly. Like, what do I need to do? Can I come and run with you? Do you have like a buggy running group? I don't know. Do these things exist? <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, actually, with we were talking about it the other day with lockdown. I've not done anything with Harry. I've not gone to any mother and baby groups or anything like that. So he's not he's not even seen another baby. He's going to be <laughs> so shocked when we come out of this. Um, but, we, you know, there are loads of online groups and like Facebook groups and things like that. Um, and I think most of the mums in there actually think I'm a bit bonkers. <laughs> so kind of like, mm, you know, why, why, why are you doing it? <laughs> I guess as well, social media is a place where everybody can converse with everybody and everyone can put their views out. When you do get mum saying you're a bit bonkers, like, do you respond to them or do you kind of just ignore the naysayers and just get on doing what you're doing? I do, you know, I, I'm firm believer each to their own. So, you know, just because it doesn't, to one person, it might seem like absolute madness and craziness and couldn't think of anything worse. That's fine. That's, you know, they're entitled to think that. They've got their own thing going on. They might do something that I don't think's great, you know. So, yeah, I just, you know, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> so, Rachel and I were talking um, previously, and we were, we, but neither of us are mums at the moment. And I mean, I think it's fair to say we're not close to it either. Um, <laughs> but I guess running is, like I said, it is a way of life for me. So, if I was ever to become a mum, I would be, I guess, worried about what that would mean for my running. So, to, mm. from from a mum to a non-mum what type of advice would you give us about like the future and having a baby and being a runner as such honestly well when I felt pregnant with Harry I was the same I was like oh my running and it, it was a bit sad in a way because my you know obviously we were over the moon that I was expecting and everything like that but I was worried about what it meant for me. um and having gone through that I mean it's it's no different to, you know, having an injury. And I think it actually makes you stronger in many ways, being pregnant and it's empowering, you know, create another human inside of you and your body does amazing things. Um, and running can wait. You know, I love, I adore running, but when I made the decision after my last half when I was pregnant to stop, um, that was fine. Uh, and the whole process of getting back into running after having Harry, that's been great. I was in no rush to start, you know, too early when I wasn't ready because it can all wait and it does come back, you know, and it, I, I'd like to think that I can show that it doesn't take long to get back to where you were and it, you know, you can include running and in everything that you do, even with a baby. Um, so, you know, it doesn't go anywhere running. And it sounds like you've just loved the whole process. It's like I, we, we've got you on video chat here and you can just see that the way you talk about it, you're just beaming. So I think it's very yeah. encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. You know, you get a little mini me. As well. Yeah. Pregnancy, like running in pregnancy, it's not the end of the world, guys. You can still oh, yeah. be a runner after yeah. your baby. Okay. Kelly yeah. just said it. And there are there's, there are so many people on social media that can actually run. You know, some people, women are amazing and run the day before they give birth and things like that. So you know, you can carry on till later. It does happen. <laughs> you also ran, I think it was a half trail race at 26 weeks pregnant. I mean, what was that like to, to run knowing you were that far gone? Because my sister actually, she's currently 24 weeks pregnant. And all she does is one baby <laughs> yoga class a week. And that's too strenuous for her. 
was the final nail in the coffin, I think. I think I did a couple of 5Ks after that. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm still paying the price for that. Um, but I kind of, you know, I knew I wasn't racing it for time or anything like that. It was just, I went around with a friend and we were eating Percy pigs and, you know, just, we just had a good time. We had a chat. We walked the hills. We said we ultra, you know, did it an ultra way. But um, we walked the hills because there were loads um, and ran the raft and just, like, you know, took the pressure off. Just have fun. It's great. I love that. So talking about the Percy pigs, um, that brings us on to the, that you're actually diabetic type yeah. one. Can you tell us what that means for your day-to-day life as well as your running and fueling for your running? Yeah, so I'm constantly keeping an eye on my blood sugar levels. So I inject, I haven't got a pump, so I inject four times a day. Um, so day-to-day, it's just trying to keep my blood sugar levels within a normal range, what a normal person with a working pancreas would have. Um, so my running is a bit more complicated. Um, it's brought a lot more stability with my blood sugars, which is good. Um, but it's also harder to keep them stable with endurance running and running long distances. Um, so if I'm going out for a half an hour run, I'm generally okay. I don't need to worry about my blood sugars too much. So I'll test before I go out. Um, and as long as they're not too low, then I'll go out. If they're too low, then I've got to wait and get them back up. It's you know, just a juggling act. Um, but if I'm out running longer, then I need fuel whilst I'm out. So I always have to take out Jelly Baby or gels or something to have on a run, which is a bit of a pain because, you know, you might only be going out for an hour, but you've got to kind of take a picnic with you. <laughs> it sounds like another thing to juggle yeah. in life. Yeah, you. it is. But, you know, I've been diabetic since I was 14. So it's it's kind of just something that, you again, I just get on with. Was it maybe a barrier to why you didn't start running even earlier? Because you only started running four years ago. Was it maybe in the back of your mind that because of your, your type 1 diabetes that maybe running wasn't particularly for you? Yeah, yeah. I've always had a fear of hypo, so low blood sugars, um, and how exercise could bring that on. Um, <clears throat> so it was always, you know, a, a thought that I didn't feel confident to try any exercise because I didn't want to risk going low use low blood sugar um so yeah that was definitely a factor and so I guess why then did you get over that hurdle and think it's okay I'm gonna do it anyway or what made you get over that hurdle I think it was just trying it it was it was finding kind of a bit of strength to say well try it um and imagine the worst case scenario. Okay, worst case scenario is you have a hypo, you have a low blood sugar. So well, that's the worst case scenario. What can you do to make sure that you can get over that worst case scenario while you make sure that you've got enough sugar supplies with you that if you go low, then you can treat it. And it just like a little switch went off then, you know, like you are in control of this. You're not controlled by diabetes. You can control it. Basically, we need to both run with you during a marathon because we know you're going to have all the snacks. <laughs> And all treats. <laughs> For sure, just hand them out. <laughs> I actually did. I actually did do that in a marathon once at Manchester. I, I had all these jelly babies and I, 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 was, I was just sick of them. And I knew that my blood sugars are fine. So I was like, anybody want a jelly baby? <laughs> it's usually the spectators handing out the jelly babies, not the runners themselves, usually. And you actually ran your first marathon for Diabetes UK, I believe. Yeah, it means a lot because, you know, my brother's diabetic as well. So obviously it's been a big part of my life. 
Yeah, for sure. And I guess, um, obviously, your, your transition next, you started on your marathons, well, you started on your 5Ks, then your marathons. Um, you've now ventured into the crazy world of ultras. Tell us why so quickly, after, I guess, even just becoming a runner, you went into the ultra unknown, as I'm going to call it. Um, I just like pushing my boundaries. I like seeing how far I can go. I like seeing... So for the marathons, it was like, oh, can I get faster? And then, you know, I changed my mind. I'm like, well, how far can I go? Um, and it's kind of this fear thing, again, trying to manage my diabetes whilst doing a, an ultra. You know, look, you're scared of it. Go and do it. Um, it's really empowering to do things that, oh, I can't, I can't do it. So what's the aim now? Is it another ultra or another marathon? No, it's to get it. And now I fluctuate so much. <laughs> so... <laughs> Originally, the plan was this year is to get fast on the roads um, because I stick to trials and stick to ultras and it kind of makes you a bit slower, maybe. Um, so I wanted to see if I could get some speed back on the road, um, whether there'll still be an autumn marathon to try. I don't know. But, you know, that's the, the goal at the moment. Try and get a fast road marathon. You are exactly like Rachel. <laughs> I am. I'm like, I'm marathons, I'm half marathons, I'm ultras. I'm going to go and do South Africa, Mont Blanc. Yeah. I just am away with yeah. the fairies, literally. Yeah. Um, Pisces for you over here. Um, <laughs> but I want to just talk about uh, the first ultra, the race, the tower, because I read about your kind of race review on your blog. And you made it sound horrendous, but yeah. it was the ultra that made you kind of like fall in love with it. 14 hours of re running up and down hills through, I think you call them like checkpoint, like turnstiles and styes and whatever else. It sounded grueling, but you loved it. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. And uh, I hurt so much and I, I lost my head and I was emotional. I think I was like storying, but I was crying at one point and oh, <laughs> I went through every emotion and every bit of pain that you could think of and yeah completely hooked by it I absolutely loved it I can't even tell you why <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm looking and going why because you, you even talk about all your blisters that you got and you didn't yeah. pack your compied and you know you went through all sorts of problems and it was dark when you finished it and probably <laughs> dark when you started it um <laughs> and yeah you still finished it albeit maybe not you know how you wanted to finish you said you were kind yeah. of crawling to the end yeah. but your family were there with their, with their torches what makes an ultra even more special because i've spoken to a few people now and they do say it's really special than maybe just a, a road race like a marathon i think you learn so much more about yourself in an ultra because it, it's you and you've got a long way to go and so when you hit these dips and you're tired and you're and you're you know you start thinking you can't do this you've got to find that inner strength and you find out just how much strength you've got um, and I think, again, you know, I think it is really empowering just to find out just how much you've got, how, how much resilience you've got to carry on going. Um, and you do keep on going. Um, and I also think the ultra community as well, they're, they're, they're fantastic. And people, fellow ultra runners and people that wait at pit stops and encourage you to go and look after you a little bit, you know, patch up your broken hands <laughs> I, I fell over so I had like chunks of my hands missing as well but um <laughs> you know it, it's just the whole I don't know it's it's just really empowering and really um enlightening I, I guess so would you then say that the community around the ultra marathons is different to kind of the marathon road running community then I think it is, yeah. Yeah, I think um, with marathons, it can be um, a lot about, you know, you've got to be fast and you, you've got to do this and you've got to 
be a certain kind of runner whereas ultras are really inclusive to everybody every type of runner and it doesn't matter if you walk 80 percent of it or you know you run the whole thing faster than somebody else it doesn't matter it's really it's about completing distance and um yeah so i think it is it is different and it was the uh running community <laughs> though that brought you and your partner together yes it was yeah so um you met during a asics front runner event is that correct yeah so we were both front runners um and we met at um a meet in warrington i think it was of all places romantic <laughs> <laughs> and he's also now your coach i believe yeah yeah so he's um he's treated me as a bit of a pet project um coming back to running <laughs> post baby um so he um he was coaching me last year but it's been a learning curve for him as well for um kind of a he's very scientific so he's been applying his scientific mind to my coaching coming back after having a baby um and he's enjoyed he's he's enjoyed the process as well, yeah, i think he looks at he looks at my stats at the end of each week and he's like this he's rubbing his hands together <laughs> the excitement <laughs> so how is it having your partner as your coach does it work or is there some separation because I feel like yeah. if that was me I would and they told me to go out and do a type of run that I didn't want to do I'd say no I'm not doing it just out of principle so yeah. do you do you have a good uh, coach athlete relationship I guess yeah we do sometimes I try and persuade him to do different set different sessions and things like that but um and, you know, sometimes he'll have a moan. He's like, you don't give me any feedback. So how am I supposed to coach you? <laughs> well, okay. I'll tell you now. Do you want a coffee? <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's it's good. I do listen to him. Um, but he's he kind of knows me and he knows, like, what I'll dig my heels in for and, and what I'll kind of grip my, you know, I'll, I like getting my teeth into sessions. He knows that will work. So he knows that, okay, right, I've been given a easy sessions. For like three days or something to you know I'll chuck her some things otherwise I know that she'll moan and she'll get bored <laughs> so it works well, it, it well I guess the best kind of coach athlete relationships though are relationships where the individuals know each other really well because yeah. they know how that person's feeling kind of emotionally as well as physically because it's not just about oh if you've got kind of a niggle or you're tight is it it's, it's much more than that and we've known that many kind of successful coach athlete relationships have been husband and wife or partner partners like Paul Radcliffe and Gary I mean mm. they've gone on to win yeah. major marathons yeah. <laughs> from, from that relationship that kind of works yeah yeah I I, I, do, I do you know like and I, I think if anybody can develop a good friendship with their coach that's half the battle um because I think it does the right coach will really help you and get you places what's next then because I did see I know you said about getting your marathon times quicker or your half marathon times but I did read somewhere that you were trying to qualify for the UTMB the CCC race I had the points uh I didn't get in the ballot last year um thankfully because obviously then I found out I was pregnant (laughs) so it would have been a no go so I was going to apply for the ballot this year um because you get kind of put into a second chance ballot which is you've got 50 percent chance um <clears throat> but we talked about it and so I'm very much kind of like I do things without thinking about it um Matt's very Mr Sensible very very <laughs> similar to Rachel <laughs> so I was all for kind of going in for the ballot yes I'm going to get a place this year it doesn't matter that I've just had a baby I'm going to go and do it and I'm going to smash it 
uh, Matt was like, you know, let's just take a step back. You can get the points again, get strong first, and then we'll do it properly. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're doing it the sensible way. I'm trying the sensible way. <laughs> Yeah, that's boring. Yeah, I know. It might not last long. I said to him the other day that I wanted to do a hundred. I wanted to do a hundred miler. Um, he hated that idea. <laughs> well, I'll join you if you want to do it. Like, that's cool. I'll, I'll do something crazy like that. Yeah. With you. <laughs> I'll support and I'll help. Um, I'll help your kids at like, the cheer point as well. <laughs> um, so the other thing, Kelly, which we wanted to touch on, is that you are currently on the cover of Women's Running. How is that? Um, crazy. That's <laughs> me on a magazine cover. <laughs> Rachel was on the cover of Women's Running a couple of years ago now. Maybe 16, 17, maybe. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. And I was August 2019. So I guess you are um, May 2020. <laughs> it's a bit pinched me now. But I guess it's quite annoying that you can't go to the shops and see it, though. Because, well, I kind know. of isolation. Have you been into a shop yet and seen yourself on the magazine no. rack? They have no. They haven't. Every time I go into our local supermarket, and I hate going in there at the moment, but I go in there and think, maybe <sighs> they've got it in. And no. And, like, my dad rings me, and he's like, I really need to get a copy, but he's just, he's just so archaic. He cannot work the internet. So he doesn't know how to order a copy on the internet. So I said, like, Dad, I'll order you a copy. He was like, can I get it at my newsagent's, which is like a tiny shop that has like the Sunday Times and that's it. Basically, moral of this story then is anyone if, if anyone is listening, we would really like you to go and take a picture of Kelly's cover in a shop just to prove that it is actually there <laughs> on the magazine section because she hasn't seen it yet. We haven't seen it. We've seen the actual downloaded copy. So we haven't seen yeah. it in its kind of nice format that it, it comes in. I've got a copy of it. <laughs> I haven't got a physical copy. I've seen it online. But yeah, please take a picture. It's typical, though, that my cover would be in lockdown. You can't write it. I know. And finally, I kind of had a question on um, on goal setting, really, because I saw that, yeah. I think it was the beginning of this year, you posted a picture of an envelope <laughs> saying goals for 2020 uh, with a picture of your oh. son. Obviously, I'm, I, well, I might ask you what was in there. It's obviously kind of all gone out the window now, so it probably doesn't matter. And how important you feel it is just to have any kind of goal just to keep you going. Okay, so first off with the envelope, <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. I've forgotten what I've put down. So <laughs> we were talking the other day about what my 10K times need to be, my 5K times, and uh, Matt said to me, so what were your goals? And I have no idea. So we've got no idea what we're aiming for. <laughs> I know I've written down numbers. So I don't know whether to open the envelope and kind of remind myself or just to, you know, just go pedal to the metal and then just see at the end of the year if I've cracked it or not. Um, but for me, goals are life. Um, you know, I always, always working towards something because I, otherwise I just feel kind of a bit, you know, not really doing anything productive. So for me, yeah, I, I love goals, whether it is, kind of distance based or time based, whatever it is, or even something silly like going out and getting segments if I need a short term goal. I don't ever get them, but I like trying for them. Um <laughs> you know, yeah. 
love goals no but thank you kelly for coming on the podcast today we really appreciate it we love hearing your story it's so different to the other guests that we've had on um i love the hectic lifestyle and how you still manage to get out there run have these goals and i love that matt's your coach and it sounds like that's working amazingly so good luck with coming back post pregnancy i'm sure you're going to smash it and we can't wait to watch to see what happens uh, see hopefully there'll be some races let's hope so we all want a race that's for sure but thank you so much kelly it was so great having kelly on i mean she's just so inspiring she's such a great runner and she has to juggle all that with bringing up four kids in what seems to be a really hectic household and still manages to go and run for 14 hours on an ultra marathon. I mean, she is some super lady. Uh, but it also got us thinking about our women's running covers, didn't it? Because after hearing her, she can't go into a magazine shop and see it, which actually we're really unhappy for her about. But it got us thinking about ours and where we had our photo shoots. Uh, where was yours? So mine was actually in Portsmouth. So I had to get the train down. I think it was a Monday. It was actually quite a nice warm day. But mine was actually really hard to shoot because I was running next to the sea on a pebbled beach. And a pebble beach is <laughs> hard to run on, let alone when you're trying to run with a really nice smile and perfect form. So yeah, mine was fun but it was actually quite hard work. <laughs> Your sounds much more hard work than mine. Mine was really local, because I think they asked me where my favorite place to run was, or one of them. And one of mine is Hampstead Heath in London. And at the time I was living pretty much on the Heath. So they came around mine, um, did the interview in the flats, and then we just popped to Parliament Hill, like the lookout, which overlooks the city, and ran up and down there a few times. and. Yeah, much easier than yours. So sorry about that. <laughs> yours sounds so easy, right? <laughs> uh, I think it was. Um, and we were just thinking, actually, we wanted to do something a little bit different this episode. We wanted to basically talk about some of you lot who get in touch with us each week because we're finding more and more of you are listening and more and more of you are giving us a DM on Instagram or just kind of getting in touch to, to talk to us about running. And um, this week, uh, one of you called Man Like Macy, you DM me on Instagram and you recommended me an ultra book after hearing me bang on and on about wanting to do my first ultra. But I'm so annoyed because it disappeared. You know how on the little picture section, you can only send it once. It disappeared before I got the chance to search for what book it was. So please, can you maybe resend me what ultra book it was so I can actually go and buy it? Because I'm really unhappy that I can't see it again. <laughs> So thank you so much for contacting me in the first place. So kind of him. I love our listeners. And this week I want to do a little shout out to at Jeff underscore DMK, who has DM'd me on Instagram as well to tell me that this Sunday, so we don't know when you're listening to it, but this Sunday he's going out for his first run in two months because he is currently living in France Um in the lockdown there so good luck on your first run on sunday enjoy it smash it just so happy to be back running so yeah that is gonna feel absolutely amazing when he gets out and does his first run if you've already done it uh, let us know how it went because i'm sure 
like we just said, it felt amazing. But that is it. That is all we have time for this week. So thank you once again for listening, wherever you have been listening. Maybe it was on a walk, on a run, or just before you go to bed. I don't know, wherever you listen from. Um, But that is it. So again, if you want to follow us, I'm on Instagram, Rachel underscore underscore Stringer. And I'm Amana underscore Rye. So thanks for listening. And until next week, keep running. 